It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Louton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. This episode of the Pikey and Lout Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Hello and welcome to the Pikey and Lau Show. We've made it to three episodes, Lau. Who would have thought? Three big, Who meaty thought? episodes. Three big, meaty uh, Unbelievable. Ones. Unbelievable. A month ago when we first started talking about this, or five or six weeks ago, who would have thought we would have got three episodes into it and got the reception that we have? I think we're, we're becoming quite a little bit of a hit throughout Cairns and didn't the team deliver us plenty to talk about last Friday night? What an amazing, record-breaking win that was by the Taipans in Perth. Did Lousy call it or did Lousy call it? Tell me if Lousy called it or not. Just tell me. Tell me. Tell me. You, you called it anywhere anyone could listen. You called it and you had people all around the country calling you out for it, but you were spot oh, on the money. Oh, by, the only thing you didn't get 20. right, you're out, you're out by 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> I was out by 20. I might have to just uh, adjust the uh, adjust the uh, the synchros on that one and uh, I'll, I'll give it a lot better um, prediction on the next one. But uh, no, I was, uh, I was certainly thrilled with that, uh, but certainly lots to get to. I've got a mystery guest for you today, Pikey. You've got a mystery... And you haven't even told me. No, yeah. it's in your inbox. But I don't want you to. I want to leave it a surprise, okay? <laughs> it's a bit of a surprise today, but certainly lots to get through. We got through a lot like the last couple of weeks because we're kind of establishing the team, uh, the starters, and obviously the bench and uh, everything in between. So we've sort of moved on from that now. But I, I feel like mm. we're we're in a bit of a groove. Yeah, I think so too. And I've got to before you take over the show because everyone wants to hear, hear your your thoughts on last Friday night's win. A couple of rapid fire things I want to throw your way, mm-hmm. Laos. Now, the success of the Pikey and Laos show already two two shows in. How much has that had to do with you now suddenly becoming a media superstar all over Cairns once again? You you were all over Win News last week with your your Lager segment, a Lager with Lousy. You were you did a did a piece with the with the Cairns Post offering some answers to some questions. How much of this has got to do with the Pikey? Lousher. Mate, it's 100% because of the Pikey and Lau Show. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, you know, once we news heard that the Pikey and Lau Show was taking off, they said, well, look, we want a piece of that. Um, you know, so they jumped on board and then the Cairns folks were like, there's no way we're going to miss out. So, mate, I, I, I honestly, I haven't searched for any any of this. Uh, you had a great idea with the podcast um, in a great avenue for me to sort of feel connected with everything and then um, everyone else is saying, look, look there's, there's stuff that he's got to say and maybe let's just stuck a, stick a camera in front of him or a microphone under his breath. So I've got to be careful with what I say, hey? <laughs> now, I've also got to know, what, is, what does Michelle think of it so far? Has she had a chance to listen? Um, yeah, yeah, she's uh, my wife's uh, enjoyed a few of the, the, uh, the uh, podcasts thing is probably a bit long for her liking um you know she's probably okay, just uh, okay. breeze through the, the finer details but um <laughs> yeah no she's wondering why <laughs> i escaped to the studio i'll call it a studio uh downstairs yep. uh for all intents and purposes no one can see exactly what's in front of me but um uh it's really just a garden shed out the back <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, let's get straight into it what have we got and one last one. Oh, sorry, your old mate, old mate from Perth, yes. who you, you, who coached you for a few games in the Abs- in the SBL yes. as the Perth Redbacks. Nick <laughs> Lakovich had a he he gave the Taipans no hope last mate, week, but you put him in you put him in his place pretty absolutely. quick. Look, a former Wildcat himself, um, he coaching he, he was the coach of the uh, the Perth Redbacks, which I did a, a two small stints uh, at the start of um, two of the SBL seasons while I was over in Perth. So I, I was kind of uh, uh, involved. in 
in that that group for a little bit, and um, yeah, just just you know, mates obviously a bit of banter back and forth here and there. He obviously caught wind of my my prediction, and and uh, I remember it coming up as a notification. It said Nick Lakovich said something. I was like, oh, where was that? Where, where did he say it? Anyway, I obviously found it on um, in the thread on my Facebook post, and then I was like, oh, there it is. Screenshot that. I was like, oh, that's a be- <laughs> that's a thing of beauty. That is. So he goes, um, mate, I don't know how many lagers you've had, but you're gonna be way out. <laughs> Cotton and um, Terrico White are going to have a field day. Mm. A field day. Yeah. And I think if, uh, if, I actually, if I actually play back the podcast, I think once you once you stop Cotton, the rest of the Wildcats will, will fold like a cheap suit. as a fold like a cheap suit. I think we can slow it down there and just <laughs> nail exactly what I said. But, uh, no, it was a good one, mate. It was a bit of trash talk, and, and we certainly uh, delivered as predicted. But uh, great to sort of yeah. quieten the naysayers. Well, that that field day that he talked about, Bryce Cotton and Tariko White, they went for a combined 11 of 30 from the field, mm. and Bryce Cotton only had three points after quarter time, so mm. didn't quite didn't yeah, quite eventually. 38%, like it's, you know, yeah. he hit some big shots, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like, and it was disrespectful to say they were, the Wildcats would fold like a cheap suit, like that's, you know, that's a <laughs> bit of showmanship there, Pike, you have the tricks of the trade, man, mm-hmm. we'll teach you along the way, <laughs> but um, no, I just felt like, I just felt like there was, the Wild, there's no team that's going to have it all together just yet, and and it takes time, uh, so I just felt like it was it was just right for the picking because I saw a bit of the progression in the body language uh, and some of the the mental uh, aspects of the uh, mental progression that the tight end showed between the bullets and Wollongong game, and what mm. I could see there. And that's actually a clue to my mystery. And you did say that last week. It's a clue to my mystery guest as well for you, Pikey. So you can have a have a think mm. about um, you know the, that side of things, and uh, it might give you an insight as to who we'll have on the show soon. I think I, I think I might have a bit of a bit of an insight now because I it might be somebody that I mentioned that we mentioned her on, as a shout out last week. Possibly, uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll maybe. see. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> um, let's get to the game, Wells. It was there was like you said there was a sense from the moment the Taipans lost on Monday night in Wollongong that that was a game they let slip and it hurt them to a point where. They just weren't going to let that feeling happen again. Right. So they, I think the schedule in a way worked in their favour. They were able to get to Perth on Tuesday afternoon. They had two really good days on Wednesday and Thursday where they had a training session in the morning and then they, it was like a, it was like a week back home in a lot of ways. Mm. And then they were able to prepare for the game on Friday. They were, they were well and truly refreshed and they didn't have the distractions of back home during the week either. Was, sometimes if you're zero and three, you're back home. Your family and friends are trying to say the right things by supporting you. But right. By, by doing that, they're bringing up things that you don't need, need to hear. Yeah. So I feel like by, by being away from home, it probably helped them. And by the time they got to RAC Arena on Friday night, they were just ready to deliver. And it was a tight first half. But Cam Oliver comes out and hits those two huge threes to start the second half. And from there, it was it was game over. And I just felt like they were a team on a mission the second that they that they got to Perth last, last Tuesday. And... They weren't going to leave with anything but a but a win when they they flew out Friday night. Well, I, I certainly think they're a team on progression and and certainly on a mission because we saw the progression between the Bullets and the Wollongong game. They cut that uh, momentum swing uh, out and um, put themselves in a position to win the game in Wollongong, and then the progression into 
um, an aggressive uh, 40 minutes, really. I mean, up by two at halftime, but then um, certainly didn't let it slip. They, they really were focused on, um, you know, how they were going to approach the momentum swings. They didn't handle it well at Brisbane mm-hmm. Bullets. They handled it well in Wollongong, but came up short, but then executed yep. to perfection uh, and with a little help of catching team fire. But you said um, you said that the lack of distraction by going over to Perth early, I think that's, I think that's hitting the nail on the head because – um, you can you can be on the road too long. Like if you had a couple extra mm. days, you might like, oh, should we go home for a few days or should we just go straight? Sometimes it can backfire and be like, oh, we've just got a bit of cabin fever in the hotels, you know, mm. we're, we're, we're away too long. But there was no other option for them. They come home for maybe 24 hours and jump on a plane. That's two extra flights sure. basically. So they, they made the right yeah. decision and, and um, they certainly uh, will, will get so much confidence out of this game. Um, specifically, I thought Cam Oliver was was uh, instrumental. He, mm-hmm. I mean, it was set up, the plays were set up by, you know, Scotty Machado and and, and all that. But I still think that, um, you know, you've got to hit the threes. That Cam's got to mm-hmm. hit those threes and still make those uh, crazy alley-oops. Um, uh, really impressive yeah. plays, um, you know. So he did. He did the. He basically handled the paperwork. I'd say Scotty Machado really broke the press, the double teams. He found open guys. Mm. Um, you know, Cam Oliver really just put um, dotted the eyes and crossed the T's in a, in a very, uh, a very loud way. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it was certainly fun to watch. So um, he was just. Uh, yeah, he loved to celebrate too, didn't he? Did you catch that one five A bit of celebration, a bit of bit of staring down the camera, and then stood right down the back. On the yeah. the place still going, <laughs> and the ball gets thrown over the top for a layup, and he fouls. And Kelly's yep. there sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah. Uh, certain, if you went up by twenty, then I, yeah, I think I there's, well, there's certain yeah. times of the game you can celebrate, and it's got to be if it's in the passage of play, it better be quick, and you better be locked into your defensive assignment. If you're staring down the, the lens, if you're staring down the lens given the NBL broadcast <laughs> exactly yeah. what they want you're, you're actually uh, not aware of your surroundings and uh, no I think it caught everyone off guard I even I assumed that the Wildcats had just called a timeout as soon as he threw down the alley yeah. but uh, hopefully that's what Cam thought too and he was he was just caught off guard I think they, they broke out the maracas and they uh, you know <laughs> at that point there was a bit of a fiesta going on but yeah certainly yeah, what was, the game wasn't was. done and dusted uh, no. to, to just put the, the cue in the rack and, and enjoy some uh, some cold ones but um, uh, no. the other thing I like to get like Cam's Cam's performance was fantastic, but to have have Majuk Ding alongside him, that, that that looks like it's one hell of an exciting duo now as a front court. Obviously, there's going to be times when you, you go with go with Nate to, to provide that difference and a bit more power and, and size. But gee, if you've got two guys like like Cam and Majuk who are as long as they can hold their own defensively and they can still rebound the ball solidly, they can they can score in so many ways and they give you so much length and so much so much size and so much athleticism there. I'm looking forward to seeing that combination just just continue to grow together throughout the season. Yeah, I think it's very energetic and very dynamic. And you add quite noise to that little, uh, yeah. you know, energy sort of a trio as they can sort of they're interchangeable, really. Um, but I do want to throw two numbers at you, Pikey. Two numbers of importance: mm-hmm. ten and twenty-five. Okay, so mm. let's talk about. Um, I think that the trio of imports is is right. It's it's great. 
It's really yeah, it's yeah. on it's on song and it's and it's uh, exactly the kind of trio that you'd want. Um, there's certainly no question marks there, kind of thing. Where where mm. I see um, uh, a real area of importance uh, is the core group of Aussie New Zealanders. Okay, so I would say. Uh, most teams would have their um, four main Aussie or New Zealand guys, the four main core players that they maintain, uh, re- retain at all costs. That is a huge uh, driver into the team's success for that year. So take Melbourne, for example. Uh, assuming Barlow's healthy, all right? Just assume Barlow's healthy for a minute. You've got Barlow, Pledger, Golding, McCarran. All right, there's four players there um, that you're really going to rely on um, for the Aussie-New Zealand side of things, the core group, and they're really going to mm. give you around that that, that 10-point mark between them, the, the four of them got to average out to at least 40 points between the four of them. So that's your Aussie John. kind of New Zealand's uh, core. And then you've got your three imports on top of that. So what you need is, and this isn't a, de- a definitive uh, model or anything, but what you're kind mm-hmm. of looking for, and the reason why you retain your core as much as possible, is that that Aussie core will give you around about that 40 points kind of thing between the four of them, like four guys you can really count on to deliver double-digit points. And then you add your three um, money imports on top of that. They're, they're the ones that will give you your, your superstar, you know, your 15, 16 points a game, your big man that's going to give you another 10 or 12 points a game, uh, and then your, your third import that's um, chipping in with a good, you know, mm. solid numbers as well. So with the Taipans, you've got your three imports that I think are um, really good. They're, they're perfect for, for what we need. Um, I think where the, the question marks will, will be on how well they go this season will be the uh, we need four guys that can really step up and deliver double-digit points every game. That's not... It's not a hundred percent like double digit points. Like I need them to score. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, it, it's just between four of them. There just needs to be some consistency. So Majok Ding had, um, you know, maybe a quiet start at home, and then had the the fourteen points in Bullets. I think it was seventeen in Wollongong, twenty two yeah. in Perth. Yeah. Like yeah. this is one of the guys. This is a guy that very quickly needs to be one of those four main contributors and I think he's up to the task Pokey. I think I think he's Absolutely. capable. What are your thoughts on, on the way Deng's played the last uh, few Yeah. Games? Well he's not showing confidence and he's the last three years in Adelaide is all he's asked for is an opportunity. There's been times when he's shown what he's capable of, but it just didn't come regular regularly right. enough for him. So I've actually just finished an article on him for the Taipans website which you can check out. Right. And he just provides some insight on how he just craved an opportunity. So so Mike said the opportunities there for you if yep. you come to Cairns but you have to work for it you have to improve because we know we know you can shoot but you need to be a better defender you need to be a better rebounder and develop an inside game too so we can go to you in the block so Majuk's put in all the work I mean he's he's got, he's got all the physical tools you could, you could ask for he's he's seven foot tall yep. like, like we said he, he can shoot as well as you could, you could shoot mm. and well let's, and not, let's wings- not go that far but let's uh, you know just whoa 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 <laughs> and, 
and his wingspan is probably seven foot five, so he can he can block shots from, from anywhere when he's when he's locked in. So all he's ever wanted is an opportunity. He's getting it, and I think he's there's no reason why the twenty two points he delivered last Friday why that can't be a regular thing for him. He like he's not going to score twenty two every night, but if he if he can average fifteen points, yeah. eight rebounds a game this season, then he's more than holding his own, and that's what you could ask for from your your power forward, and that's what I think he's going to end up delivering. Well, here we go. Quite noisy on nine point five, averaging nine point five, ten points a game, right? So, so he's right, yep. he's right about there. He, he'd like to have a few better performances, I'm sure. Um, Deng's on fourteen a game. Um, you know, Nate's on, I think, somewhere around at nine or ten as well. So, there's hmm. three players that are part of your core. Now, now Jared Kenny is a um, more of a defensive guard, more of a, a floor general. So, I mean, points, although he's an important part of the, the core, mm. this part I'm talking about is, is your, your offensive output from your four real strong contributors. So, we need, the tight ends need I think, one... I think it has to be Moko Jerick, doesn't it? Well, it does. Um, and basically, you know, he's... Time has been uh, probably inconsistent, but and everyone's going to have their game. Sometimes it's not going to be your night, and whatever it takes to get the job done. I'm just saying, over the course of a season, what you need is four contributors that can deliver double-digit points. And at this stage, we've got maybe three that are there. We need, we just need that one more in my mm-hmm. books, that is really has to step up and earn their minutes because, like you said, they've got to earn their minutes. They've got to yep. prove themselves. Um, there's certainly been glimpses and, and really positive signs, but um, and I need four. I need four guys I can count on every single night. Now, the reason why you re- retain core and put a premium on keeping players is because they know each other's tendencies and you're not going through those mm. growing pains every year. Um, so that's that's why you, you get a good core um, going through every year. That's uh, it's a, I put a premium on that. Then if you get lucky and get three of the uh, good trio of imports, that's right. Because it's hard to get that right. Let's let's be honest. Because you can you can be hit and miss sometimes. You can put in all the the due diligence behind the scenes and get just someone that's just not quite the right fit. Uh, yeah. And that can really hurt a team. But you're adding this year. You're adding three really solid imports to a team that does, that hasn't had an established core. But mm. if the jock then can very quickly. Play like he's been here for a couple of years and be one of yeah. those core players. That's great. That's three. I feel like there's there's three players there. Then just need that fourth contributor to be to recognise that we really need performance from from him. Um, uh, basically, the twenty five number. So twenty five points off the bench is mm. what the yeah. New Zealand Breakers had when they won their three peat. Um, yep. Wildcats have had. In previous years as well, so twenty-five points off the bench is is going to hold you in good stead. If you rely on your starters, um, you're at the mercy of your starters. When they have a bad game, you know you're not going to win uh, if if they're not on song. Because uh, if your bench isn't giving you much more than ten or eleven points, twelve points a game, then you can't mm-hmm. rely on them either. So there's that balance there, and that twenty-five points off the bench is round about from what. I feel is um, necessary to to have a championship winning team. So it just mm-hmm. uh, it's not a, it's not the exact model. I just think they're really important numbers for me because over the course of a season, you're not always going to hit. Um, in Scotty Machado's case, you're not going to split a double team and rise up off one foot 
and hit a three yeah. like you did in the Perth Wildcats. Well, like you're not going to catch team <laughs> fire yeah. every single game. So you've got to be able to win the grindy out games. And if everyone yeah. or if your contributors are in place and your bench can give you that 25-point range, you're in a good position. Well, you would think usually you're not going to be, be getting 11 three-pointers just from Cam Oliver, Scotty Machado, and Majuk Deng. So that's where they had 13, 13 points off the bench last Friday, but but Nate, Nate only had four. So if he adds, on average, an extra six, so then you're up to 19. And I reckon Mirko Jaric is the other one who he only took three shots, and because those other guys were making all their shots, there just wasn't a lot of shots to go around. Hey, but if, I would have thought... If guys are making shots, then, then yeah. let them let them so, like Give it to the guy that's yeah, hot. For sure. No question about it. But you're not always so, going to be able to catch yeah. team fire every game. You no, know, of course. That's, that's, I mean, that would be... That's awesome. You know, that's, yeah, that's so, a great thing to have. Uh, but it's not going to happen every game. And you, no. you've got to have um, players aware that, you know, we, you need everyone. Like, you need you need those, no, those contributors. Uh, otherwise, it becomes a, a hit-and-miss kind of season because you're just relying yeah, on, yeah. on one or two players. So, I think on average, if, if Mirko's averaging probably eight shots a game, then he's averaging, you know, seven or eight points. So, he's, he's producing five or six more than last week as well. Suddenly, you're up to that 25-point mark. So, it's they're not too far away. It's just that last Friday night, a couple of guys got hot. But I think they've got the, they've got the players there yeah. that they can deliver, you know that, what? deliver that 25. Do you know what, um, Pikey, as a shooter, do you know the goal is actually not to score the basket? The goal is to get your shot off. So, what do I mean by yeah. that? I'm not worried if the shot goes in or out. I know that if I get a shot off that's clean, it's going in at 40% from the three. Sure. So the goal is not, oh, I hope this goes, oh, you better go in, otherwise I'm not, you know, it's your focus is, is all wrong. If you're focused on the output, then you're going to, Get yourself in a fit, and this is for all. You players. just have to take your. You just have to take the right shots for you. This is that's okay. So the goal is to get separation and to get your shot off. If I take Cam Trigar for example, in the post, he was finishing at sixty-two percent based mm-hmm. on his post move and things like that. And I remember saying to him, you know, because he was worried about his, you know, scoring buckets and things like that. One time, like he's just like getting it in. And I said, mm. every time you shoot the ball, it's worth. 1.2 points, so it's 60% times 2 points, right? Yep, so yep. every shot he shoots is worth 1.2 points for the team. Every three-pointer mm-hmm. that I shoot at four percent at 40%, 40% times three points is worth 1.2 points for the team. Mm. So me yep. getting my three ball off is the same as Trig getting a, a post move, a shot off. And so you, your goal is to get put yourself in a position to get a clean shot off and that means yeah. you're doing your footwork right you're doing all that stuff you're setting up the screens uh, and coming off properly or you you know you're doing what you've got to do but the focus is to get clean looks and that takes the pressure off whether it goes in or not because the numbers mm-hmm. don't lie you, you're going yeah, to hit your percentages out, yeah. over time um, so yeah it's, it's sort of it's really a um, it takes the pressure off the shoulders and it's actually you kind of go oh thank goodness for that like I, I was focusing mm. on the wrong things you know so uh, it's really important. Otherwise, you just get yourself in a tangle. You know this coaching staff with Mike Kelly and Jamie O'Loughlin, obviously, and, and Brad Hill. Are they are they likely to be giving the players this sort of? Is, is this the freedom that yeah, this, this team will be playing absolutely. with? Because because the the science is there and the, the the psychology is there as well. That you know, if you focus on the output 
you you're toast. You got to focus on the process, and that is that is getting your footwork right, getting the putting yourself in a position to be successful. Not not just focusing on. I hope this goes in or not. Uh, they'll be all over. They'll be all over the top of that. Uh, but it's just something that I thought maybe people might not be uh, aware of. But yeah, it's, it's just interesting stuff. The twenty-three point margin, the biggest ever win by any visiting team was inside, meaty, wasn't it? inside Perth, Perth, Perth Arena. <laughs> uh, unbelievable performance. What does it mean for this Taipans team, though? How do they make sure it's not a one-off performance? Well. Let me tell you this. What I saw with Scotty Machado, so um, the, the Wildcats were in a position where they're like, man, we got up the pressure. We got to put the full clamps on and get, you know, we got to do something here. They put the pressure on Scotty and he was poised. He was composed. He split double teams. Uh, even when he got, he, he didn't have a dribble. He still pivoted through. He found uh, Oliver in the corner, I think. But he was just instrumental in breaking any chance of the pressure um, toppling the Taipans. Um, and you know who else? Just, I've just, seen just, 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 so, so just touching on that quickly yeah. before you before you tell me. How many players have you seen able to do that up against a Damian Martin-led defense? There's been there's, there's been not one Pikey. There's been one, and his name's Scotty Wilburton. Um, sure, and the absolutely. reason is, in the preseason, Danny Martin was decided to spice it up a bit and, and give him a bit of um, bit of a Damien Martin sort of a, a medicine, and Scotty just mm-hmm. discarded it and uh, mm. just took off for this preseason game. And I remember it clearly. I just looked at my teammates. I was just like, "Oh, that the wow that." That's that's what we got right here. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. That's pretty bloody good. So um, you know, I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. I'm seeing very similar capability between uh, Scotty Machado and Scotty Wilbergen from uh, a teammate's point of view. Looking at your point guard, having confidence that they've got the nous to to win games and they've got the nous to take us to the promised land um, it's really encouraging signs and, and such a uh, a relief I guess from coaching staff uh, teammates guys that have been around you know you go man this is a this is a great not only a great uh, point guard but we've got a great trio um, in in all three of them so um, yeah re- really encouraging. I've had a chance now to sit down with Scotty and get to know him a little bit. Fantastic, level-headed guy who knows who knows where he's at in his game. He's so so he knows. He's what? Yeah, he's so he, he's still young, but yeah, but he unlike Melo Trimble, who was still trying to find himself last season. Yeah. I feel like Scotty knows when it's time to take over the game himself. When yeah. to set up his when to set up his teammates, and he's just got that that just got such a level head on his shoulders, yeah. which defies his age. But it's probably because he's been able to play play, play all around the world. He's played through Europe. He's played through. NBA stints and yeah. he's, he, he's probably arrived here the finished product whereas 12 months ago Mello Trimble was still trying to find himself and the um, the, the one play I'm thinking of as well um, we were, uh, the tight ends inbounding from the base and the, the Wildcats were putting the, the pressure on um, they, they were sort of double teaming the, the inbounds and, and Scotty got it and I think the, he just pushed it out with his left hand and the players were like like he just got off a head of steam, but he pushed the ball so far out in front, it was like two or three dribbles, and it was already mm. down into the keyway. And then the alley oop to Cam Oliver for the finish. So I mean, Walker threw everything at them pressure wise, and Scotty just discarded it and put 
and put like feet in between him and um, you know the, the defense. There. Like he was, he was uh, stretching out way out in front and just just able to dismantle it. So it was just. Um, yeah, it was just really, really cool to see. And here's the big question, I guess. We talk about follicle faux pas. The, the hair is now out of the braid. <laughs> Does it stay out for the rest of the season, Pikey? Well, I, I, I would suggest that he likes to mix it up a bit. I would have thought he's he's very well aware of, of, of the way he's looking. I think he takes it very seriously, and I would think we're probably unlikely to see the same hairdo any any successive weekend so I'd expect probably something different for, for this Friday, think, Friday night do you think JK might surprise him with some clippers oh. and say hey mate what about just getting rid of the sides it's, you know, it's, like it's unbelievable isn't it what JK JK is rocking right now it's it's I, I just I just can't help but stare at it while it's, he's on the court it's impressive it's it's just it's just got <laughs> body it's just delivery yeah. it's delightful and it even <laughs> it even the uh, the commentators uh, praise for about you know good Solid chunk of time. <laughs> um, I, I just like that he, he even wore it at the World Cup. He even went to a World Cup with it. It's impressive, and, and I want to get a mm. measurement on the back tail just to <laughs> follow its progress throughout the season. Um, but uh, I reckon we get, we get him on the Pikey and Lau show, and just all we need just to, to measure his mullet. Just to measure yeah. his hair. Look, okay, thanks for coming in. Um, look, first things first. We just want to measure the hair. Okay, all right. That's it. Thanks, JK. Or right, huh? <laughs> JK get braids? Does JK get braids now? And does um, does Scotty Machado just leave his hair flowing. You know? Potentially, if you let it keep growing, you can do anything with that. With that, so I reckon he can maybe even put some colour through it too. Was, he, we can do a anything. White guy, he, he probably wouldn't be able to get. But he's got a bit of mouldy in him. I think. I think that New mm. Zealand. Uh, yeah, he might actually be allowed to get braids, which is cool. My, yeah, I was yeah. never allowed to get braids in college. <laughs> you know, no, like, it was just the cool guys. So anyway, but you you, you you you've got your hat that you 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 do pull out though. I do, I do. Yeah, I do, and I yeah. don't have any tattoos. I've got the clean skin, um, but mm-hmm. tattoos is another another story. This episode of the Mikey and Lows Show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. Look, really the only thing that mattered from round three was that performance from the Taipans, but I'll very quickly run through the other results from mm-hmm. the, across the league, and you can you can let me know what, what stood out to you. Sydney Kings beat New Zealand Breakers twice. They had a five-point win at home on on Friday night, and then they then they really put the clamps on them defensively and held them to 21 points in the, in the second half on Sunday over in New Zealand. So the Kings still undefeated. The Breakers are still still winless. Adelaide 36ers, um, they started off life at the Adelaide Entertainment Entertainment Centre pretty impressively with a with a win over the Brisbane Bullets. South East Melbourne Phoenix, they're still still mm. unbeaten as well. They they look good there. If if Sydney are the best defensive team right now, the Phoenix are the best offensive team. They put up another uh, 106 mm. points to beat the Hawks. And then the Wildcats bounced back from that. Oh, no. and that loss to Cairns, a, a really great performance from them to, to bounce back to, to beat Melbourne United, who are now now still undefeated, winless. still winless, sorry, this season as well. And then Monday night, Adelaide went to went to Wollongong and got the job mm. done over the Hawks too. Well, this, uh, it's interesting the scoreline Sydney and um, and the Breakers. Obviously, they played each other back to back. But the nineties. 90s- the 90s range for that Sydney home game and then back to 70s yep, range. Yep. So, uh, you know, yeah. New Zealand coming up short both times. Um, I feel like there's there's going to be uh, there quite big rumblings in the New Zealand camp uh, moving forward. Obviously, Sydney uh, losing Lish for a few months now with that, that it said something like a minor ankle fracture. I was like, Ugh, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. Mm. But um, the one I want to talk about... Well, I'm not sure how minor no, anything can be if you're missing multiple right? months. Um, so yeah. massive loss yeah. to the Kings, but um, uh, 
you know, Sean Bruce would be um, sort of licking his lips at the opportunity uh, from that sort of standpoint. Yeah. Although, you know, this is more of that shooting um, two man rather than a point guard. But um, look, the Adelaide game I want to talk about because um, Adelaide lose that Sydney game at the start of the their first game of the season, but then very quickly they've made amends um, and look to have a little bit of mm. momentum on their side. So, um, new stadium, um, certainly the juice is flying for that game, but then to win in Wollongong, um, a, a bit of a, a dangerous position right now because Joey, as we know, is run and gun. Um, a very new, fresh-faced Taipans beat them in the preseason without Jerome Randall, um, but now face a different beast uh, in Jerome. But can will Adelaide be feeding off this momentum? Of course they will. Will the Taipans be feeding off their confidence-boosting win? Absolutely. So it's going to be a massive clash on Friday, um, and we'll break down... Uh, that game in, in uh, probably towards the end here, Pikey, as we look into the next round. But yeah, just interesting that that Joey's been able to very quickly get his side back on song. I was thought it might take a little bit more time, so uh, I guess he's done well in that regard. And and you know, an Adelaide thirty sixes team that is fueling on all on all cylinders. Um, they love their their defense for the for the first six seconds of the shot clock, and then after that, yeah. um, if they're offensive team can stay composed after that first six to eight seconds then the defensive breaks start happening but all their bluff is in that first six to eight seconds of D because they want to get out and run and get on the rim and uh, they've got a few athletes at Adelaide as well um, Griffin up around the rim as well and you know they've got they've got a, you know they've got guys that are really willing to, to buy into the system and and um, you know get the shots up so uh, interesting one coming up Friday we'll, we'll break that down in a bit who are you most concerned about in terms of the season now that Melbourne is is 0-3, the Breakers are 0-2, the Hawks are 1-4. Which of those do you think probably can't turn things around? Probably can't turn things around. I think there's... I think New Zealand are are in a bit of strife. Um, You see an assistant Mm. coach leave. um, There's... You know, two losses in a row in different different fashion. I just don't know if it's a hack. No, they also they also had somebody running around in CJ Bruden's I, number twenty three. Yeah, Did you so see that? What was it? The blood jersey. I had he even have a blood jersey as as CJ Bruden's number sitting well, in the well, bag. Exactly. Sitting well, in the bag. Well, well, yeah, it's not even an option. Exactly. Well, well, why, it shouldn't well, even yeah. come off. No, like no, the, the absolutely not. Of the, the, you know, just being made. Here we are. Here's all the jerseys. You know, the guy, the mm-hmm. manager's looking through everyone going yep is there's this one there's that one does he stop at 23 and go hang on a minute mm. there's, there's a 23 up in the raft is here actually there's two 23s on yeah. both sides of the ra- up in the rafters here why yeah. is there also yeah. one in the kit i wonder if i should just you know yeah so yeah that <laughs> bit of a uh, yeah. massive faux pas there um but look i think i think um melbourne are going to somehow rally uh, or get it together or they could mm-hmm. attitude-wise throw in the towel and be like, every man for himself, let's get out, yeah. you know, I'm collecting my check and getting out. Yeah. You know, like it, it could implode if they're, if they're not careful. Well, and now we see them come to come to Cairns on, on Monday night. It's going to Absolutely. be I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we certainly, I think I was thinking about this the other day, that the line is we got to get, uh, punters to the game to help uh, obviously the Taipans make Melbourne United tremble at the knees 
I love it. I'm coining it. I love it. I'll uh, probably use it on the live because it's loud as well. So I'll, I'll get, get some, get some mileage uh, out of it. I can, almost, I can almost guarantee old, old Joe Steak will end up with that on, on a sign on oh, Monday yeah, night now. Yeah. Well, they, they like to come up with their own slogans. They don't like to... Well, actually, maybe they do like to borrow off other, other things. So. Oh, this is the place to come now for him. He, he just needs to listen to this and, every week. And he should. I mean, if, if, you, if he wants to... If people want to be in the know, Pikey, they better listen to old Pikey and Lowe's because mm. you never know what's coming around the corner with what we're about to say. Well, and speaking of that, our, our special guest mm. on this show, why don't you why don't you fill us in? Because in if you're trying to understand a basketballer's yep. mind, I'm pre- as long as I've I got think the, you've the got guest it right, right. Pikey, I think then, you're pretty much then, on the money. There's only <laughs> one female that's allowed within the inner circle of all Taipans from uh, previous sort of years, and this year is no exception. Uh, I'm of course talking about. Team psychologist Jodie McGuire has been with the Taipans from 2014-15 grand final season, uh, and she's uh, back on board again this year. Let's take a listen. All right. Well, I'm here with a very special guest, yep. uh, Jodie McGuire, sports psychologist uh, from Think Performance. That's thinkperformance.com.au. Jodie McGuire, hello. Hey, Lyle. Nice to chat with you. Um, Joan, thanks for, for joining me on the on my little podcast with uh, Chris Pike, as you as you know. Um, now, I just wanting a first question: well, What are the deepest, darkest secrets for the Taipans for the season 2020? Yeah, nice try, Lance. No, you never bring that out of me. That's not going to happen. Next question. That's a test. That's a test. Very good, Jazz. You yeah. passed. You okay, passed, and you. Uh, I'll let Jasmine know as well. Jazz, one of the things that uh, we uh, we spent a lot of time when I was playing, uh, we talk about momentum swings. Um, yeah. Just run through me. What what are some of the points with uh, around momentum swings in the game? Because they're always going to happen, aren't they? Yeah, and that's uh, that's probably the first thing that I would want athletes to recognise is that momentum swings are going to happen during a game. So getting that understanding and then learning what to do with them right. is, is really important. So at what point do you just say, okay, it's a two or four point momentum swing. At what point do we identify that, hang on, this is getting a bit out of hand and what what are the processes in place, I guess, that, that we would um, use for those past few years with the type ends? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. But the main thing is, is sometimes we'll have a point, like you mentioned, it's a point... Uh, recognition, so six or eight points, that's definitely a swing against you, so an, a six no and a, or an eight no run, right. that's definitely one way of recognising when things have swung against you or the team. And the other thing is to recognise when you feel that moment that it just got hard, so internally when you recognise that it just got hard and it got grinding, you've probably at the beginning or in the middle of a swing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I remember um, sometimes we would use a, a word or, or a, a kind of a phrase or something to identify one with the players on the court. This is one of those moments because some players might not be able to recognize it when others are really in tune with uh, the fact the game might have just changed. Is that uh, are some players more in tune with that kind of thing? Do you find? Absolutely. And I think more experienced players will pick that up because you'll always hear coaches talk about momentum, you'll always hear 
commentators, you'll hear people on podcasts talking about momentum. So we do know that it happens, and the more you play, the more you'll come to recognize it. But it's really helpful if you've got people on the team or on the court that are recognizing it, but also if you've got people sitting on the bench who can recognize what's happening and use that keyword or that cue phrase. Because we we used to use, I think we used to use like lock in, like, like, come on guys, it's kind of lock in, like lock in was the sort of the, um, uh, the, the word that we use in one of the years, like each each year, yep. each year the the language will be different, of course, to suit um, whatever the team has come up with. But I, I just yep. remember that being one of the things because because you, you joined the Taipans for those that don't know um, in the 2014-15 grand final year with Scotty Wilbrook and Tory yep. Craig, um, and uh, obviously some some success straight off the bat. So it really galvanised that uh, with the group. The work that you did was was very influential. Um, and that was one of the things I remember that that keyword identifier. Um, what about what about the positive swing, uh, and how do we, how do we amplify the positive momentum swings uh, and capitalize on that? So it's about recognizing when you've stopped the bleeding, and then being able to go back to your strengths or go back to your safety play or go back to what you know and get engaged in the game and in your role again and that will start to turn the tide and it doesn't matter what sport it is whether we're talking basketball or any other sport or even when it's an individual sport so recognizing that it's that it's slowed down and you've stemmed the bleeding and then going back to a strength type approach so that you can actually turn up the dial and get the, and get the swing to come your way and turn it against the opposition. Right. And can we, um, one of the things that, I mean, I would always sort of go to is sort of, bit of a fist pump kind of thing, a bit of a, a energy yep. boost type thing. Is that is that an actual a technical type uh, uh, thing that, I, that people can have? Is that, is that something that you would identify as yeah. like yours was yours was a celebration so you felt really juiced by that and you felt really positive internally and that's we know that positive and negative behaviors are very contagious for teams right. and no matter how many times people will say that if you don't pay attention to that then you aren't going to get the benefits of it you will just go on the downhill slide so definitely those positive cues and yours was the fifth fist pump and the cheering so if you can find ways to make that positivity contagious then you are going to enhance or amplify that swing did you know that did you know that um it was never i was never really a uh, fist pumpy kind of uh, outward emotion kind of guy. I did it, I did it a couple of times when I was at the Wildcats, um, and then uh, it wasn't something that I just did every sort of time or a lot. And Andrew Vlahov said to me, um, "You know, when you get excited, like that gets the the crowd going, but also gets your bench going." And he sort of said, "You got to do that more." And it was sort of a, a learned behaviour to really take note that that's something that I should do a, a lot because, like you yeah. said, it is. Contagious, but it, these these are learned behaviours as well. I, f- I feel in some in some ways to to really do it a lot. Is that something um, is the more older players get with experience? Kind of what what really drives uh, or feeds off um, or is contagious? Sorry to their other teammates. Look, I'm going to say yes. Older players get it, but I also think there's some players that naturally understand that stuff. So psychology is one of those 
one of those skills that yes, you can definitely learn because it is just it is just mental skills. Right. But some people do take to that stuff naturally, and some people have to work harder at it. And that's why whenever I'm working with a group of athletes or even with an individual, I get them to focus on mental skills as part of their overall training as an athlete. It's one piece of a three-piece puzzle for me. Right, and and I do I do want to talk about um, I guess the individual player kit. I guess what do they have? Um, what do they have to sort of focus on in the year? Obviously, the the, the easy one seems to be yes, you got to focus on your your performance, your physical yeah. output. Um, but what are the three yeah. sort of elements um, that we would do in my time there? Obviously, um, or, or maybe maybe you've adjusted them more now so that there is three elements. Is, is that what you said? Look, in the last few years of, of practicing psychology, particularly with teams, I've really focused on trying to develop a methodology that works for individuals as well as teaching, uh, you know, doing group education. Right. And that is getting them to understand that there's the technical task tactical aspects of their sport, be it a court sport, a team sport, an individual sport, every game has uh, techniques and tactics that you, the better you get at those and the more refined you are, the better you perform those skills. There's also your strength, speed and fitness, so that physical element of the game and we know that fitter, faster, stronger certainly helps you in performance, but that third piece of the puzzle is their mental skills suite and again, different people are going to have strengths in certain areas so some people you know just to throw some out there some people can concentrate really well some people are are really mentally tough some people are very very resilient some people can visualize um, or relax really easily but some of the skills you'll have to work out so I call it this is my wording and this is what I'm working on as a model I call it the complete athlete and I believe Mm. that if people focus on those three elements they're going to get greater performance in their sport so you and and i feel like those first two technical tactical and um the physical um you know output it sort of doesn't have an emotional tie to it i mean there there is a, a some elements there but when that well-being element kicks in as the third thing of being a complete athlete um, I, I feel like that's a that's a, a great third pillar uh, and certainly one not to be ignored because uh, the emotion of, of everything and your, your well-being would be a huge factor in, in how well you perform Absolutely and there isn't an element of emotion in all of those components so when you're not meeting your physical goals or you, you can't quite execute a skill the way you want to, there's definitely going to be a level of emotionality and frustration in that sure. but I think what we're seeing now in in sport, particularly elite sport and you know, I'm personally driven to, to bring this into youth sports and pre-elite sports is that well-being piece as you defined it and that is really taking care of your well-being, your mental health and your mental skills so that you're getting the right balance because as an athlete and particularly an elite athlete, you're pretty much sport 24 hours a day. Right. So where is that time to be lousy? You know, where is that time to be Jody? Where is that time to be you? It is so critically important because you're working in such a high-stress, high-pressure environment the rest of the time. And I feel like in the real world of the working world, of, of which uh, I've, I've had a bit of a taste of it now, um, I, I feel like it, it, it obviously carries over a huge amount. It's just that it's not in such a condensed time frame, the output. It's just yeah. such a prolonged thing. So it really is relevant for anyone in business or any, you know, in life, I guess, outside of sport, hey? Yeah, 
and look, this might sound like a gratuitous plug for, for the work that I do, but I do spend 50% of my time in sport and 50% of my time in commerce, but very much in that performance space mm. because a lot of the skills can be transferred over into your working life. Yeah. And I also work with students because the same rules apply at school. Right. Be focused, be locked in, yeah. work hard. Yeah. But when you're not doing that, relax and have fun. And when you get that balance, you actually start to perform better. So the more understanding we have about what performance truly is and how to get that balance and what well-being is, we can get that nice balance and we can live a very happy, balanced and successful life. So you're right, 100% right. Jody, it's been great to chat with you. I really, really appreciate your time. And uh, I, I think there's, there's, I could talk for hours and I think maybe um, I'll have to hit you up again soon because there's so many cool elements that um, one that you brought in when, when I was playing um, those last few years there at the top end. So I certainly really appreciate what you did while I was playing. And um, yeah, just, look, just looking forward to exploring further with you if, you if there's another opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about it, Lars, and thank you, and, and thanks for the feedback on on that. It's always great to hear that this stuff helps because it's really important. It's important for not only athletes, but well-being is really important for everybody. Massive thanks to Jody McGuire from Think Performance. Um, re- really good insights into uh, what what we would be doing for the last few years as I was playing for the type ends. Uh, and also, there's been a, I've noticed a few minor tweaks for, for this year's uh, team. But you, you know Jodie McGuire, Pikey. What are your thoughts on, on so I guess, her work and, and what's been in your involvement with what she does? Yeah, I do. I've known her for, for a long time now. She started working working at the Wildcats when mm. Rob Beveridge was there as coach and, and her influence was, was immediate on that team. It would have been would have been on their championship winning team of two thousand and ten, I would think, when she yep. when she started. So I got to know her know her then and she was always enormously protective of her players, which is why I think the players all had such trust in her because she knew that they they all knew that they really she just had their back. So somebody like Brad Robbins, I remember that he just he he couldn't speak yeah. more highly of the transformation that he made from a from an emotional point of view and from the from the just from a mental point of view where he turned himself from a bit of a hothead who was really hard on himself into one of the great leaders of the competition. He he was somebody that wasn't ever enormously talented, but he just became such an enormous leader of that Wildcats team, and it was a lot to do with what what Jody did. Um, with, with same with Rob Beveridge, he was a a coach that needed needed a little bit. But somebody to provide some uh, probably an outside influence to help him out, and I know Jody did a fantastic job there, and and Stevie Way as well. Both when he was mm. in Perth and Cairns, he just he just he couldn't speak more highly of everything that Jody did to to help help him as well. Because there's anyone that knows knows Stevie knows that early in his career he was enormously hard on himself, and he just had to probably chill yeah. out a little bit. And I think Jody ha- Jody had a huge impact on 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 that. But from a personal point of view, I mean Jody's been a fantastic supporter of mine as well and because we deal with the same players I think and because I try to make it make it my focus to yeah. share good yeah. stories and to and to and just as you know from when you were playing I like to just let the players that I speak to get their story out there yeah. in a positive sense and I think that's something that Jody always has appreciated from me so she's always been an enormous supporter of, of mine so I know she does some great work with the West Coast Fever in the netball the work she's done with the Taipans has been unbelievable and I'm just really really glad that we can can give her a little bit bit of airtime on, on yeah, the Pikey Lau show. I think she, she's able to help unlock 
the player's mental side of the game. Um, obviously, she spoke about mm. just there, but the tactical um, side of things and the physical side of things, but um, the, the mental side of thing and the well-being side is huge, and that's obviously where Brad Robbins um, was really able to to understand a lot more about what was going on in his head because it, you know, emotional players, mm. um, they're, it's really important to, to still be you and to still have that emotion. You know, other players like Stevie Way, who's unemotional but very, very methodical and routine, like, you know, he still has mm-hmm. a mental side of it that uh, is probably more, he keeps more internal. But someone like Brad Robbins, someone like Nate Gower, they're very externally emotional and it's important to be able to channel that but but identify areas so she's just she's just a handy resource for the players to uh, access that in a workings of the brain <laughs> so uh, no it's really it's been really mm. insightful and I think um, there's certainly more to explore uh, with Jodie later on in the season and, yeah. and um, what about for you Lauj she came on board in the latter part of your career where you probably hadn't you, I don't know what words in your mouth but you probably hadn't really dealt with a psychologist from, from we, any we, great we, extent yeah, so my, Before, my first in your career, so, Dave yeah. Arnfield, who's from an AFL background and um, a sporting background, yep. um, so he knows teams uh, and things like that. And, and um, so that was the first year, uh, two years, I think, for the tight ends. Um, and then uh, there was a, probably a bit of a gap, and then Jody came in. So that was 2010 when I started, and that first sort of hit of that side of things. Uh, now, he wasn't a, a, a psychologist background. He was he was teams and he was experienced background uh, in that regard and mm-hmm. then um, obviously Jody came on board for that 2014 that was a grand final year by the way 2010 um, so it, yep. it worked it, it was it was an instant success and it just um, you know we were able to get a lot of, of things out of it um, with the personnel that we had and with the 2014-15 team we'd, we'd sort of had a few bad years uh, and then she was able to really mm-hmm. um, hone in on, on identifying uh, a lot of key elements so, um, you know, she, you say, you know, she gets along well with everyone. She's had to work really hard to establish trust and establish relationships. Yeah. It's not yeah. a, it's not a, she just comes in and everyone's mates with her because she's an outside thing. It's not that at all. She's actually had to work really hard and force herself um, to, um, you know, talk with all these players and, um, you know, and some players coming from overseas aren't going to be receptive to just some, random kind of person saying hey I need you to tell me mm. what you're feeling you know but boy, you know guy, young young males don't really open up like that but with her skill she's able to yeah. I guess work in a, a relationship with them and um, you know help uncover and help them identify and then slowly but surely it's it's sort of it, they can buy in um, and then they're able to uh, hopefully use it to their advantage and, and get a better performance how did you feel it helped you personally uh, <laughs> and 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 based on that did it take you a little while to, to for her to earn, earn your uh, trust as I, well I was aware of a lot of the psychology around sports for you know Quite, quite some time. We even had a psychologist in at Old Dominion at college who, you know, mm-hmm. who had different techniques and things. And I think I was receptive to it because I was in a leadership role as well. And I really knew that 
you know, with her help or uh, in that position, a lot of players could get a lot of benefit out of it because a lot of times players will just go, oh, well, if I'm not performing well, um, you know, that's that's all I can do is just work on my game. Well, you really got to work on the mental side um, if you're going to be a – and Jodie calls it a complete player from that interview. Um, she's sort of really coining that kind of thing. To be a complete player, you, you take care of those three elements, technical, tactical, the physical weights and shooting, all that kind of stuff is the physical side then the well-being and, and mental side is that third one to be a complete athlete you, you're really maintaining all three elements uh, and giving it due diligence and time um, so I, I found it beneficial for instance in the 2014-15 year I had a bit of a shooting slump and I felt like the ball was like a watermelon like it was just this heavy foreign object when I would catch and shoot it was just mm-hmm. in this kind of bit of a fun I just didn't have much confidence so I spoke with Jody about it and, and we broke it down and sort of found a process that worked to go through that and then it came came good and mm-hmm. you know we're rolling and I had a, you know, had a great year it was you know 12 points a game type thing and no one probably yeah. is none the wiser but to be honest like it was at a, a really low point and you know I just we just had a conversation one day in in you know Townsville actually and um, just sort of put it out there and so we just worked through it and what a, what a valuable resource to be able to have that so it was um, a huge asset to the team. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great thing that the Taipans have actually seen the importance in in her and seen the importance to still. I mean, she's still she's still based in Perth, so she has to fly over to, to Cairns a lot. She would have spent a lot of time on that aeroplane, but I think it's a a great step forward that the Taipans made. What was it five or six years ago now to actually realise how important of an area this was it's to, a to invest in? Really, and and um, you know, you spoke about the maturity of these these young Taipans players. Uh, I think they'd be really receptive to. Uh, what she's trying to put in place and I think there'd probably be some pretty good buy-in um, and when you have a bit of success on the court as well um, you know hopefully they can get a, f- a few more wins in, in a row here uh, but it, it'll really galvanize the message as well it'll really they'll, they'll really buy into it even more so um, yeah it's just interesting to watch no it's a perfect perfect segue last perfect Sorry. segue absolutely put Perfect segue into the Type Ends mm. doubleheader now for, for mm. round four, Laos. Um, like we talked about before, let's, let's look at it in a bit more detail. Friday night, Adelaide Entertainment Centre. So the new venue is only Adelaide's second game in that building, so maybe that lessens the home court advantage a little bit. But both teams deserve to be feeling confident coming into the game like you touched on. Majuk Deng going back home to Adelaide, I'm going to, going to be really fascinated to see how how he handles that and also a guy that you know pretty well and looking forward to getting your thoughts on Daniel Johnson will play his 300th NBL game you had plenty of battles with with old DJ so looking forward to seeing how how he goes too because it's a big job for both Majuk and Cam Oliver to make sure he doesn't deliver a, a 25 point I plus think, game yeah, it's the it's the recognition of the style of play that Adelaide have that uh, the Taipans are very they, they, they just have to lock into how dangerous and potent the uh, 36s are when they get out to their run and gun game so they're, they're all trans it's all sort of downhill hoops in terms of defense I'm not buying that they will be in uh, in the contest late in the shot clock so the first eight seconds on D they're going to be frisky McGee so they're going to be up and in. They'll be hooting, hollering like hard nose D, you know that kind of thing. Trying to steal, risk, risk everything, um, you know, gamble on stuff just to cause uh, panic, and then 
run down the other end with high fives and Eric Griffins and try and throw it down and just just mm. the speed of the game is what Joey loves and he's been good at it really I mean it's a, it's a hats off to Joey sure. his style um, is is really high octane high uh, offensive output uh, at the risk of not as sound defensive principles let's say they've got principles of course um, but it really takes a second a back seat to the style that they want which is um, a huge number of possessions like if your normal possession yeah, yeah. Um, count for a game is around an 80 mark they'll be more around that 95 type mark or something like that just more than the average sort of game. Yeah. If you look at the tight hands of your, um, the the possession numbers were around at sixty to sixty five possessions per t- you know per side. So um, yeah. slowing yeah. the game down basically, which is uh, unexciting for the the Taipan fan. Um, you know, paying paying his hard earned cash to it. Great, great for the no, great for the traditionalist basketball lovers who enjoy um, you know tactics and 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 X's and O's and and running through a thirty five second shot clock or a twenty four second shot clock. But <laughs> the, the, the style of the thirty sixes is run and gun and you know don't stop. Um, just keep going and and Joe will have a spray as well. He'll he'll use everything he's got to to keep his guys juiced. The Taipans, the new faces, just have to very quickly acquaint themselves with, um, and I don't think they will panic, but they will basically have to be very in touch with with, with how they're feeling about these momentum swings um, and uh, just have a plan in place. Look, this is how we're going to control the tempo. This is how we're going to not not succumb to the, the crowd and the energy of the, the, um, the opposition doing what they do. If we break that six to eight seconds of our shot clock by good team play, their defense will break down. So moving the ball side to side, getting it through hands, getting consistent sort of um, uh, getting the ball in positions, uh, in correct positions, not being pushed out, further than you'd need to so if we're talking about free throw line extended that means if you drew a line if you extended the free throw line all the way to the sideline and you get this where the three point line meets that free throw line I'm going to call that the free throw line extended that's kind of where uh, a, a guard will want to catch the ball on the wing and wait for the big to set an on ball if the guard gets pushed way out high or comes way high um towards the top of the key kind of thing, that means that the defenders push them out off their spot. So they're, they're, you've got to be disciplined in catching the ball in positions where you need to. Around about that free throw line extended, you've got to wait for bigs to set screens. You just can't be rushed um, because the defense is, is trying to make you rush, make you panic, make you spray up something, and then they can pick up the scraps and go... Um, send the horses off to uh, you know go off and gallop. So their um, their style of game is a bit of smoke and mirrors. I feel, and and no one would know more about inside dollars of the, the team than obviously Majok Deng, who's coming off three great games of constantly building, and he'll be um, certainly giving the inside knowledge on how how to best uh, expose the team. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this one, Pikey. Um, uh, to, you know, it, it's going to be a, a really important game for both sides, but. The Taipans, if if they do drop this game, you know, in the next one or whatever, and all of a sudden that twenty three point win in Perth means nothing. You've you've almost spent all your uh, 
positive points uh, in one game rather than you know winning the Wildcats game by three, winning mm. this one by you know spreading out that that <laughs> plus yeah, points. So hopefully um, <laughs> you know the, the guys are, are going to be locked in, and I think they will. I think they will. I think um, yeah. I, I don't think Adelaide has got it fully together. They certainly caught team fire and had multiple contributors and um, guys off the bench were putting big numbers. Um, Jack McVeigh, mm. someone that's you know barely got time last year. He putting he pumped in fourteen uh, for the game just gone. Um, so. I think at 14, at 40, I think at 30 yeah. across the two games they yeah. played last and, weekend. And, um, you know, they've got players that can score the ball and there's certainly plenty of possessions as I spoke about. So, Taipan's got to roll in yeah. um, confident. They've got to be very aware of the speed of the game that's about to um, try and be imposed upon them. Um, if they can get on top of the uh, and control the tempo and just understand how the Adelaide, how Adelaide play um, under Joey, then yeah, I think they'll I'll get the job done. Then Monday night, it feels like a bloody long time since that first game of the season at Cairns Convention Centre. But finally, the, the Taipans are back home and they play a Melbourne United team who they would have already played this weekend against New Zealand on Saturday. But they could very well come to Cairns 0-4. What are you, what are you it's expecting? It's an interesting one. I just, um, I didn't expect it, to be honest. And... Um, Maybe there's just a, uh, a bit of inexperience and, and immaturity in the superstar-studded lineup that it's just not getting it done. It's close, mm. it, but it's just not getting it done. I just wonder how long that can go on uh, before you know, coach really got to put his foot down. But I mean, that's that's obviously what they're dealing with. They, you know, the Taipans are, are one and three. They're not. They're not, you know, looking down uh, the barrel of a great record. They're, they're trying to right the ship, and I think they're certainly on on the right path. But it's going to be a massive clash, and we're going to need we're going to need fans at the game. It's a, obviously a, the first Monday night outing. Um, you know, if, it, mm. if it's a limp turnout from the fans, then it's a it's not supporting the it's not bringing the juice that the guys will need. You need over four four probably forty two hundred at the game. It was you know seat fifty two hundred, mm-hmm. but. You know, weeknights always tough, but if you can get over four, then you start to you, you get that volume, that that crowd going into it. And I think, I think yep. the players are exciting uh, enough to to put bums on seats. They got. You know, there's dunks for days going on now. Like that's impressive. There's alley oops. There's there's all sorts going on. Um, certainly fun fun night out. I think um, if we can get the crowds there, then it will certainly take the game uh, to the to where it needs to go. I can't wait to see the point guard matchup, Scotty Machado and mm. Melo Trimble. Uh, be, be interesting to see what sort of um, reaction Melo gets when he comes mm. back to Cairns. What are you expecting from? What are you expecting both in terms of that and also how they'll go up against oh, one another? It's certainly a great matchup. Two strong point guards. Like uh, they certainly, um, you know, have the strength to to get to where they got to go. Two different players, as I've mentioned before. Um, I think Scotty is a more well rounded player that suits a floor general position but he'll he'll really need to put points on the on the board when when the time comes um so yeah i think um oh it's gonna be a tough one i i feel like scotty machado might have the edge because of the well-rounded game i think mello might have him on pure youth and ability to put the ball in the hole but um, Scotty's certainly proved capable of, of doing that as well in um, various stages. So I just think the type end need someone that involves everyone. Uh, and I think uh, that between that matchup, I think Scotty would have him. 
Yeah, I feel like Mello will probably score more points, but Scotty will probably have more of an mm. impact in other areas too because he's such a great passer, such a great floor general. He's proven he can rebound well for for his size. So I feel like like Scotty's probably got him in more areas, whereas Mello's probably that scoring yeah. first type yeah. type point guard. Um, now I think he went for Cairns in Adelaide on Friday. Laos, what have you got on Monday night in terms of a tip? Um, well, Adelaide. Well, first of all, back to Adelaide. I think. Um, I think Taipan's by four, but it's going to be ninety. It's going to be ninety-three to eighty-nine. They're going to do a job on the tempo, and they're going to restrict their, their numbers. So a win by four in Adelaide, and then the home game's going to be. Could if it gets in a grindy sort of game, it could be could be kind of low scoring. Um, what's going to happen here, Pikey? Taipan's going to get the edge by eight on Monday night, uh, and it's going to be. It's going to be nine. It's going to be, ooh, it could be even more. 92, we'll go 92 to 84. We've got no reason to doubt you so far, so we'll so we'll see. Um, very quickly, we'll we'll limit them to as close to one word answers as we can. The other games across the round, starting Thursday, so an earlier start. New Zealand Breakers, Illawarra Hawks, both teams struggling, but this could have, this could be the most watched game in NBL history for all, all the people across That's the world right. watching Lamelo Ball and and RJ Hampton yeah. going at it. Um, just a game that the Breakers just can't afford to lose, can they? And it's a home game for Breakers, you said. Yeah, I'm going for New Zealand. I, I yeah. think the Breakers will, will uh, finally uh, get the, get a W here. Uh, but isn't it interesting that people are watching two players going at it? Like it's sort of a, the Wollongong mm. in New Zealand is just a subtext sort of a, you know, great for the individual, great for the NBA, great for exposure, but probably mm. not great for team. <laughs> No, well, maybe not. But at the same time, if people tune in initially just to see those two guys, it's a great chance for for everyone else to impress. And suddenly, you could steal if you're somebody else, right. you could steal the spotlight from from yeah, one of those right. two. So I guess that's the, that's the way I, that's the mm-hmm. way I'd be looking at it. Friday night after after the Adelaide Cairns game, the Wildcats and Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. That's a that's another cracking game. The Phoenix arriving Perth yet to yet to lose a game in the NBL. I think Perth will get that done. I, I think they will be um, trainings this week for Wildcats. Will be will be very tough. I think they'll go. Look, we we obviously won in in uh, Melbourne, but you know, let's not let's not uh, rest on our laurels at all. We we took a we, we took a big L on our home on our home court. So uh, that they'll be pump, chomping in the bit. Uh, they'll be ready for. It. I think Phoenix will put up a pretty good fight, but I think the Wildcats will get that done. Uh, by six. Just lost a lost an assistant coach too, Paul. I'm not sure if you caught up mm. in the news, Alex, but Paul Wolpert's headed back to get the United States. So we've, mm. we've got another team early in the season that have lost mm. an assistant coach. Is, and is that, is that a good op, uh, a better opportunity? I'm guessing, or is it because he's from the states, right? Uh, apparently, family apparently family reasons is what what he's cited for, right. for heading back home. So mm. yeah, interesting. There we go. So who takes the who takes the assistant coach role? I guess the candidates will be very quickly to chuck their names in the hat. Yeah, the the men we talked about it early on might put his hand up. Nick Lakovich, you never know. I hope he doesn't predict (laughs) that he'll get in automatically because his predictions (laughs) went great last time. (laughs) Um, Saturday, Melbourne United, New Zealand Breakers. Neither team have won a game yet. Um, Short turnaround for the Breakers, but huge game Mm, for both of them. Surely Melbourne's got to get a W here. It's it's Mm. now or, or... 
queue in the rack. It's probably not going to be finals. Finals yeah. fever come February for them. Sydney Kings undefeated, even without Kevin Lish. Brisbane Bullets have lost a couple um, in Sydney on, on Saturday and night. Sydney Kings, I think Brisbane are at the critical junction for their import situation and whether they've got the right mm, personnel. Yeah. So um, Kings, uh, Kings will get that one by 10. South East Melbourne back up, hosts the Adelaide 36ers on Sunday. That that could be – both teams could score 100-plus points in yeah, that one. Yeah, there certainly won't be much on the defensive end, so they'll probably – what mm. the energy that they save at the defensive end will go straight into scoring. It's going to be a barn burner at like 100 – probably 18 to 114, but I'm going to go uh, with wow. – oh, I'll go South East. I'll go Phoenix. So mm-hmm. Phoenix by four. Then also on Sunday, the Illawarra Hawks host the Perth Wildcats. They, they – don't enjoy coming to Perth, but hopefully in Wollongong they can up a, up a bit I of track. Perth and Adelaide rivalry, but yeah, I, is, I yeah. feel like there's been some really uh, interesting um, games Wollongong and Perth. Uh, they sort of play each other mm. pretty pretty well, except uh, sorry in Wollongong they, they usually uh, Wollongong. I've got the edge on a few times, but uh, yeah, they I, do, I yeah. think Wollongong actually. I reckon um, it's going to be t- it's. It's going to be tough, but I think I'm going to back Wollongong on this one. Mm, pl- plenty to look forward to right across the round. There's plenty to dissect back on, on, on that, this though. show. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm no? not confident, okay. but no? I, I just got a feeling. But, but back, back Sorry, yourself, Ethan. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> this episode of the Bikey and Louds show proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. It's been a hell of a hell of a third episode, Lows. Um Thanks a lot to, to Jody Maguire for joining us, and of course, the insight that you provide is just just first rate and looking forward to seeing where else you pop up now this <laughs> week as well thanks thanks to the Pikey and Lau show but as a, as always we need to finish with your final thoughts mate the the Monday night home game is going to be an absolute cracker at the Cairns Convention Centre and like I said before Get down to the to the game. Help the Titans make Melbourne United tremble at the knees. 